Latina versus El Gringo today on the world. I'm Marco Werman. Peruvians head to the polls this weekend. They're choosing between Alberto Fujimori's daughter, known as La China, and El Gringo, a man considered so Americanized, he's wooing voters by adopting Peru's favorite animal as a mascot. The guinea pig is a really big part of Peruvian culture. You find guinea pig uh, imagery all over souvenir shops all throughout Peru. Guinea pigs are eaten as a delicacy throughout the country, and they're just like a very beloved animal. Speaking of beloved animals, let's talk about Canada's beavers and the castorium they provide. It's from a gland, the castor gland, which is in the the nether regions of the beaver. It's used in perfume mostly. Castor gland number five. Those stories are coming up here on The World. As we race to the end of the school year, today we'll introduce you to two incredible students, one about to graduate from high school and the other an undocumented immigrant who just graduated with her Ph.D. We're going to start off, though, with a wrap-up from Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. All this week, a military court has been holding pre-trial hearings for the five men accused in the September 11th attacks. Some of the testimony includes allegations from detainees of mental torture. My colleague here at WGBH, Arun Roth, is in Guantanamo, where he's been covering the hearings, and he says a lot of the testimony deals with a top-secret site within the base called Camp 7. Camp 7 is a a very secretive clandestine place. Uh, No one gets in there for tours, and it's where the highest-value detainees are are kept. Uh, They don't even let people know exactly where it is on the base. One of the defendants in the case, Ramzi bin al-Shib, has claimed he's being subjected to abuse there, harassment by sound and noise reminiscent of his CIA torture. Earlier this year, he testified about what he was experiencing, and this week the defense called other witnesses to testify about what they were experiencing there in the mysterious Camp 7. Yeah, does Bin al-Shib have evidence that uh, the conditions are atrocious? Well, he doesn't have physical evidence, but what they do have is backup from some of the other inmates. One who was called yesterday, Hassan Galil, he complained of abuses as well. He said there's mental torture. Those are the words that he used about Camp 7. Sounds, vibrations. He also described smells, and he said every minute, every second, every day, practically. He, he made it sound, sound pretty bad. How did the prosecution respond to this? Very aggressively, I'd I'd say, Marco. Prosecutor Ed Ryan uh, took on Khalil with, with, I'd even say, a hostile cross-examination. So to establish bias, he uh, asked him about outbursts that he'd had with the guards, trying to establish his identity as a jihadist and terrorist. Um, He asked about an incident where uh, Khalid spat at a guard through the uh, food tray hole. And... uh, Galid was actually not not phased by this. He said, if you were in here, you'd do the same or worse. And he denied everything. He denied being a terrorist, denied being a jihadist, said America was not his enemy. But Ryan just kept at it. And by the end, the prosecutor, Ed Ryan, just said flat out to him, you're lying. So this is a hearing. How could the conditions in Camp 7 ultimately affect the status of the detainees during their trial? Well, this would be more material, we talked about this before, which goes towards mitigation, thinking Mm -hmm. about the eventual sentence and the ways in which these guys may or may not have been abused can factor into maybe getting them out of the death penalty if it comes to that at the sentencing, sentencing stage. When we spoke earlier this week, Arun, you were anxiously waiting for the testimony of one of Gitmo's most notorious prisoners, Abu Zubaydah. He hasn't been seen out of custody since 2002. Did he testify? 
No, he didn't. And it was one of these really peculiar situations that happens here with some regularity. After all this buildup, and Zubaida was getting right to the door of the courtroom. We couldn't actually see him, but we got the report later on. At the last minute, they decided not to call him. What happened was Zubaida's own lawyer, this is Navy Commander Patrick Floor, was present to make sure Zubaida didn't make any self-incriminating statements. But after seeing that cross-examination of Khalid, well, the questions about being a jihadist, you know, asking if you're a member of al-Qaeda, that kind of thing, it was clear that not incriminating himself was going to be very difficult. So they postponed his testimony until they can work out some way to dance around that, some kind of immunity or some other way to, uh, to move forward. Arun, with your finger on the pulse of what happens at uh, Guantanamo Bay, can you see the base closing down before uh, President Obama leaves office? No. I, 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 no, I, I do not see how, how that could happen. Just logistically, Marco, you know, we're, we're in June now. Even if uh, all the prisoners cleared for transfer are released, there's still this smaller core group who they don't want to release, including these five men on trial. And the military commissions sure will not be over by then. So, no, I, I simply just do not see how it's possible that the, the prison facility here in Guantanamo could be closed uh, by the time.